0: If you join me again into uh, the New Testament, Galatians third uh, chapter, I'm going to look at the subject matter here when Paul is now do- dealing with more about the law and faith. What I would like to uh, bring to our attention on this portion of this letter is how we have a promise that we now take part of through our faith. In God the Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See if you can discover that same thing here in this portion of this letter. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, Galatians 3rd chapter, verses 1 to 22. I will stop there. Uh, word of uh, God says Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life just as no one can set aside or amend a revocable agreement. So it is in this case. God gave the promise to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture does not say to his children, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. This is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when god gave the law to moses god would be breaking his promise for if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law then it would not be the result of accepting god's promise but god graciously gave it to abraham as a promise why then was the law given it was given alongside the promise to show people their sins But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promise? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying him. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Praise God for his words. You may be seated as you take your Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell him the promise of faith. Yes, 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 yes. We want to look at this text here dealing with the promise of faith and understanding that the law and the promise has an issue here. For they are seeing that the law takes precedent in their faith. But Paul is pointing out to them that their promise takes precedent in the faith. Look at the order here. Abraham came before Moses. The law came after the promise. And so if the promise is no good, then what are they believing in? Y'all, I lost y'all, huh? Go back and look at the test. He says, if somebody made an agreement, they would not null it. They would not remove it. Once it's been ratified, it is done. And it's going to stay there. There was an agreement between God and Abraham. Two parties. Here's the other word use: an uh, intermediary. There was no intermediary there. There was no messenger there. It was God talking to Abraham. To your Bible scholars, if you go back and look at that text, yes, it says Abram. Abram and Abraham, same person. Abraham' name changed as the promise being fulfilled. But when God called him, he was known as Abram. And as Abram, God made a covenant with him. And Abram, check this out, was in a deep sleep. When God had Abram get the oxen, he, he, he had him slaughtered. And he put Abram to a deep sleep. And God went between the beasts. Notice Abram did not go between God alone set this covenant in place. Now, here comes a question about what's this, pro- this part that he's dealing with about the promise? The promise goes to the child, not to the children. Well, what he's dealing with here in the, in the Hebrew word, "zera" means seed. And seed is singular in the text, in the proper translation. But we understand maybe as seed or generations in a, in a more literal translation. But seed is singular. And so Paul is pointing out, saying that this specific seed, a specific seed that we were looking towards to, that the promise would be fulfilled, was in no other but Jesus Christ. And, and this is very clear to us because we understand that our promise is not on Jacob. Our promise is not on David. Our promise is not on Saul. But yet our hope is built on nothing less than what? Jesus Christ. And his righteousness. So we understand that our promise comes from Jesus. So Paul is pointing out to them and saying, if you understand how the promise is working out, that God made a covenant. And I hear what you understand what he's saying. When God made a covenant, it is lasting because God is not the son of man that he shall lie, nor that he shall repent. Will he not say and will he not do Hey, come here, come here, Genesis. Let's give a good illustration. God, I see that some y'all got some blank faces on there. Y'all looking at me like I don't understand what he's talking about. Come here, Genesis. Let me see how God speaks and things take place. Let there be light. Did God change his mind? I saw him. See, light is still shining. Let there be a division. Ah, now we got the sky, we have the earth. Let there be water. Here it is. Let there be a sun. I'm sorry, let there be a greater light and a lesser light. We'll call it day and we'll call it night. When God spoke, things happened. Somebody said, well, that's in the Old Testament. Can you give me a New Testament example? All right, come here, come here, come here. We will go to a good old one. We know this one very well, that, that good old Bible verse, Jesus wept. Uh, you know, when, when that good Bible verse comes, uh, you understand Jesus wept. You understand when he wept, he wept because he was angry with the folks. He said, show me the grave. And when he spoke, a man that was dead for four days wrapped up, body decomposing, body about to stink. And they said, you know he smells. He said, Lazarus, come forth. His word move a dead body back to life. Here to understand when God says something, it's going to take place. Has God said something to you? Mm. And then when you know that God said you saw it take place. Here's one thing many of us also have in common knowing this, that God says this to us, that if you believe in me. You shall have eternal life. Mm. We understand if God said it, it it has to be true because He is true. God does not lie. So the promise is before the law. So there's nothing to add, there's nothing to take away. The promise was made to Abraham and his offspring. Jesus comes from the seed of Abraham. Look closely, it says, it gives some chronology. It says, 430 years did not cancel the promise. And this 430 years deal with in Exodus, in the, the 12th chapter, when the Passover began, that's when they were released. Go back and look in Exodus, the 12th chapter. You can see it right there in verses 40 to 42. It tells us how now is the time the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. When they were released from captivity in Egypt, they still have not had the law yet, but the Passover began. The. Where? The lamb's blood to be on the lintel, and the angel of death will go over and kill the firstborn. And after that night was the beginning of their deliverance. That's when Pharaoh got mad. So you need to get them folk out of here. And they go out and 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 that's when they find themselves free from the bondage. Because once they were set free, they did not go back. I wish I had somebody here on this morning to understand what's going on here. You see how it started that night. I lost it. Let me go back. They were still in captivity, but it says your freedom begins now. Mm. Mm. I still haven't caught everybody. Let me help you out. I don't want you to get caught up looking around your circumstances and say, I'm going to wait till my life gets better. Uh, uh, look at the, the Jews. They were still in captivity. But he says it begins now. When I want you to grab it, when God says it, that's when it begins. You don't have to see it in order for it to happen. Mm, 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 mm. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all looking at me like y'all just don't want to. I'll just give you one good example. Here it is. There was a, a soldier, and he wasn't even a Jew. And he, he, he said, I'm not even good enough for you to come to my house. He said, but just say the word. My servant will be healed. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. He was talking to Jesus. And, and so Jesus said the word. Then he goes on to comments on his I've not seen no faith like this in all of Israel. The soldier goes back. They say, your servant is healed. And he was healed at this time. And he found that the time that it happened was the time he said the word. What I want you to understand when God speaks, it is done. All right, now I can move on. See so y'all, grab on to the point here. So when the word promise came forward, the promise was not canceled. It was not null and void. It was not detracted from, nor was it added on to. It was still the same promise. So in 430 years, they still are waiting for this promise. But the law came. The law came not to take away the promise. But the law came because of sin. You see, they were still moving on the promise of God. God was taking them out of Egypt so that they can go into the promised land. You know why they call it the promised land, right? Because of the promise. I'm sorry to lose anybody. Y'all you Every time I say promise, y'all get kind of. What are you talking about? This promise. He promised Abraham. You will have a land and your seed will have this land and your seed will bring salvation to the generations. Now, they are on their way four hundred and thirty years after spending time in Egypt and God is still in the keeping of his work business is about to take them to the promised land. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at that text and I sometimes get frustrated with God because I'm just human. I can't talk about you, but I can talk about me. And I look at this text and say, God, why they got to take 430 years? Then I look in the text and seeing how it's only a seven days journey. While it has to take 40 years, I'm so glad God already knew my questions, He gave me the answers. And the answer came out because of sin. Now I'm putting things together. I, I, I realize that I'm not good by myself. If I'm left by myself, I cannot do bad by myself. I will do. <laughs> It's not that I can do bad all by, I will do bad all by myself. I don't need nobody's help. So I'm so glad that God gives us help. Anybody here glad about God's help? And, and, and the help comes in the form of the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank God for the paraclete. <laughs> oh, the advocate. Oh, the helper. All those words are used to talk about the Holy Spirit. And a paraclete is one that goes by your side. Woo! an advocate is the one that will defend for you. Oh, a helper is the one that will sustain you and keep you. Y'all looking at me kind of puzzled. Uh, uh, you you heard of a parachute, right? Okay. And you know, a parachute is used for a soldier that is going to jump out of a plane and they need to land safely and they need some help. And so when the time is right, because if it's too early, oh, they might go back up into the plane. But if it's just right, oh, the parachute come out and help them. To land there safely. Y'all see how we need a paraclete to help us out. Let me give you one more example. Uh, You heard of the paramedic. When you sick and ill, (laughs) you want the paramedics to come by your side and work on you to help you out. So you see how God understands that we have some illnesses. We have some troubles in our lives that we can't do it by ourselves. We need some help. And so because of sin, God said, I got to help y'all out. (laughs) I I, got to let you understand how far is too far. Oh, I got to let you know, yeah, you can look at your neighbor, but don't covet. Your neighbor he he letting you understand, yes, what they got is good uh, uh, but don 't lust after what your neighbor has. You can compliment them, but don 't steal from them. Watch out somebody, so when we understand how all right god i I, I see your promises to us, and your promises is a blessing unto us that we. Become heirs to all this greatness that you have. But yet I also understand that I I have issues in my life that will always make me fall short of your law. And and since I know I'm always going to fall short of your law, I try my best to keep the law, but I always feel guilty because I always fall short of the law. I I I I know how it is, cause I remember when I was a student in classroom, and I was sitting next to smart students, and they would get all A's and B's. They show me their paper, like I got me another A, and I saw to my paper, I got me another C. And I'm studying hard trying to get me an A. I'm, I'm doing all that I can and the pressure's on me because I want to take home my mom and daddy an A and a B so they will be proud of me but I keep on bringing home C. I, I made the honor all once in my whole grade school career. Once. All because I got a B filing and conduct. <laughs> If they didn't have conduct grade like they did now, oh, I would have, I would have had some A's and some B, but I just couldn't sit in my seat. I'm always trying to get there, but I have something always to hold me back because I wasn't perfect. And so in the classroom, the teachers gave me some help. They said, I'm going to help you out, son. I'm going to move you out the group. I'm going to put your desk by my desk. (laughs) For two reasons. One, I keep my eye on you. Two, make sure you get your work done. All the students didn't need that kind of help. What I'm going to point out here is that God's looking at you, too. He says, oh, I see you need some help. And you don't need help like everybody else, but you need some specific help. Am I glad that God knows your specific needs. He knows exactly what you need, when you need it and how to give it to you i'm so glad that he has not given up on us as many times we fall short he still says come sit next to me (laughs) let me help you out so the law was there to help us look closely within the text it says that the law came to be like a guardian another translator may say tutor Here we get the understanding of a slave being with a child, taking that child back and forth from home to school. And the slave is there to ensure that the child is not abducted. The child does not get involved in mischief, that the child goes where it's supposed to go. And if the slave does not get the child there, one, the slave will get punished. So here it is. Check it out. The slave... Is over the child, but the child is free. But if it's under the slave, it's free to do what? The slave that reports to the master who is free has authority over the child. So the child is not free. And so the same thing for the law to us. The law was to guard us and guide us, but we're not free because there's penalties, there's doubt. There's fear. If I don't do it, if I get there late, if I don't make it, if I don't do my assignments, there's going to be punishment. We, we joke about this when we're next to our friends and we're having fun with them and they tell that little lie. You say, I hope I don't get struck by lightning. <laughs> I'm glad I got my rubber soles on. We say these things understanding that you're about your sinning, and, and God, who is a judge, God, that he could strike you down. That's where the joke comes from. We understand that we serve our God, that yes, he can't punish us right now for the act. But we joke about it because we are understanding grace. Mm. We understand that God allows us, oh my goodness, to mess up. But yet, he also provided, oh, thank you, Jesus, his son, to die on the cross for our sins, for our messes. This now blows my mind. How in the world can we have an awesome God, so wise, so so benevolent, so awesome, that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, knowing we're going to make messes, and he's here to, mess, to realize we're messed up and to clean the mess up. Let's think about how easy our life would be. You wouldn't need erasable pens. You wouldn't need erasers on pencils. We not need backspace on computers. You'd be able to just go ahead and write stuff down, and when it get messed up, it'll fix itself all by itself. You don't have to say, I approve, because you know how the autocorrect stuff, you try to, you try to t- t- put in a text and say, I love you, it comes out, can I have gloves? Stuff can correct it or correct it wrong. But what God does, he always sets it right. And so if you put it in right, it, oh, glory be to God, even when we do things wrong, God says, I can make it right. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because all by myself, I will get it wrong and I will stay wrong. But he's so loving towards us that he won't let us stay in that position. All because of his promise. Do you not see the illustration how he talks about the people in Egypt? And here's a theme you can always see in the Bible. Egypt always represents captivity. Egypt always represents bondage. Egypt also represents a place God tells his people to never go back to. And when you see Egypt, it also tells us about trials, tells us about burdens, Egypt is is not to be the destination. You may go visit Egypt, but you should not stay in Egypt. Mm. And so here he's saying that they are in Egypt, but this is when God takes them out of Egypt to fulfill the promise. Where is your Egypt? And some of you are not visiting. You moved in. I'm here to let you know, don't move out. Leave everything behind. I lost somebody. What I'm trying to say is that don't pack up. Don't try to take stuff with you out. Leave everything behind. Don't go There's nothing good there. Go in the new direction where God is taking you. Understanding that as you are under his guidance and his direction through his Holy Spirit, he's teaching you what to do. Look at verses 21 with me to 23. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promise? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by what? Believing in Jesus. So we understand that this promise of faith we have only comes through believing in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We were held under the law, and therefore the law has imprisoned us. It has confined us. But faith revealed to us God's grace. Under the law, in this captivity, in this said, we were guarded how to walk and how to talk with always fear of failing and falling short. Romans 3 makes it clear to us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when we see this process, join with me. Verse 23 says what? Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in the protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. I'm so glad it said until we were under the law until the law was us and keeping us until because we found out that under the law, we're never going to be right. Under the law, we can bring forth sheep, we can bring forth turtle doves, we can bring forth oxen, we can bring forth calves, and we can sacrifice them every day, we can sacrifice them all night, we can sacrifice them throughout the day, and we still won't be right. But when they took the Son of God, who came in human form, who was crucified on the cross... You know, they put nails in his hands. They put a nail in his feet. Oh, before they even bothered to put the nails on, they put a crown of thorns on his head and whipped him all night long. And and after they abused him and misused him and mocked him, they hung him high on that cross. We know how they hung him high and they stretched him wide. But on that cross, I heard the writer write down, say, he said, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Oh, he was killed because they said he broke the law, not knowing he came to fulfill the law. Oh, they killed him, saying, mocking him, saying, he's not our king, not knowing that he had to be the king mm, to die for us. Oh, I'm so glad that it wasn't me on that cross i'm so glad it wasn't you on that cross because if it was me and if it was you we'd still be damned to go to hell but it was the son of god huh. Wrapped in human flesh uh, that died on the cross. It was fully God and fully man who bled and died. Uh, I'm so glad the promise uh, came down through 42 generations, uh, coming through the virgin birth of Mary, born in a manger, just to let us know who the son sets free. It's free indeed. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you real good. On your way home. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. Somebody ought to testify that I'm so glad he, he died for me. I'm so glad he set me free. It was the blood. It was the blood. Oh, glory be to God. The lamb. Oh, the lamb who set me free. Oh, the lion of Judah. The promise set us free. Do you believe? Do you believe? Oh, don't fool me now. Do you believe? Oh, just trust in him. Oh, just trust in him. I'm trying to leave you alone, but my soul is getting excited about how we can just trust in him. Oh, Abraham had a dead womb and a dead sea, but he Trust in him. He believed in the one who could speak as if it already exists. Oh, just trust in him. Oh, when they were bringing themselves out of Egypt, they had the army behind them, water before them. Oh, Moses just said, trust in him. He said, stand and watch the deliverance of the Lord. Is there anybody here today that wants to stand and watch the deliverance of the Lord? So if you want to stand and watch, this is what has to be done. You have to trust that as you're standing, he is working. And what you are watching means you are waiting to see only what God can do. You've been in waiting rooms before, waiting for somebody to call your name. Sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. But you are waiting hoping you're going to get some good news once you go on the other side of that door. But the whole time you're in that waiting room, sometimes it feels like you're waiting for no reason. Feeling like it don't look that busy in here while I got to wait some 35, 45 minutes. I could have gone and got me something to eat, but they say, you can't bring food in here. Why you got me waiting a half an hour on my lunch break when I can't eat in here? Oh, I need to call in. i going to be late to work. Waiting. But the whole time you're waiting, there's some things happening that you can't see on the other side that'll happen while you're waiting on this side. Oh, glory be to God. Do you understand even before you got into the waiting room mm, they were doing things on your behalf before you got in that room i'm i'm talking about an office ran by man let me bring it to the theological level let me talk about my amazing god While you are sleeping in your bed, God is working things out on your behalf. You're going to go somewhere, and somebody's just going to bless you. You're going to move out of an accident. You're going to get a good health report. You're going to get a finance blessing. You're going to get some healing in your life. Your child may come home. Everything's all right. What I'm trying to tell you, God is doing it. So just hold on to his promise. If he said it, he's gonna do it. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Good God Almighty. Hold on. And everything is gonna be alright. Ah. <laughs> Father, we worship you. We bless your holy name.